Now here's the other component to this. There's also an awesome side benefit to optimizing your images, improving your SEO and on-site accessibility. So the key thing here is most of this work actually happens before you even think about uploading your images to your websites. I'm Marisa Vanskyver, AKA Captain Coder, and you're listening to the Digital Masters Growing Your Web Dev Business Podcast. Well, hey guys, welcome back. Now, I don't know about you, but I have no clue where most of the month of June went. It has been an incredibly busy month for me, and that's a great thing, don't get me wrong, but it's also been an odd month because here in Kansas, we got up to 100 degree heat for a few days there, um, and we don't normally get there until about July and August. Now, right now, it's been rainy, and the highs have been in the 80s. That's much better for me. I prefer that to the 100 degrees, um, but somehow today is the last month, day of June, and we are already to July, which to me is just crazy. Um, I have been spending a lot of this month actually working on improving page speed for a couple of my clients. And that really got me thinking. And it, the things that really matter to page speed, and one of the first things that you can do to improve how fast a site loads is by improving and optimizing the images that you're using on the site. If you're not worried about page speed of the sites that you're building, you really should be. Most of us won't wait very long for a site to load. Research says we have about three seconds before users will go elsewhere. Like I said, ensuring your images are optimized is a key part of that. They need to be the right size, both dimensionally and the correct file size, and the right image types. Now here's the other component to this. There's also an awesome side benefit to optimizing your images improving your SEO and on-site accessibility. So the key thing here is most of this work actually happens before you even think about uploading your images to your websites. Now let me walk you through these four easy steps to optimize your images every single time. Now these first three steps actually happen while you are saving the image. So you wanna optimize the images, of course, when you save them. Step one, the first thing you need to decide when you're preparing an image for a website is what format it should be in. Now there are two main web-friendly options you can save out of Photoshop or other image editors, JPEG and a PNG. So which one is right for your image? Now, a simple rule of thumb is whether or not your image needs to have a transparent background. For instance, if you want something to appear as if it's cut out, floating on top of a background, or if it's a circle, because images need to have four sides, you'll want to save it as a PNG. One of the most common PNGs you'd include on your website would be a logo, for instance. However, if you're uploading an image that is rectangle or square shape where the background is included, you can save that as a JPEG. Now JPEGs are a smaller image file size. So when you can, you want to use a JPEG because it will load faster. But the main thing you wanna keep in mind with a PNG versus a JPEG is how you're going to use that image. So transparent background means a PNG, Otherwise, you can use a JPEG and save the space and load your image a little bit faster. Now, you may have been hearing lately, and especially if you've run your website 
through Google PageSpeed. You've probably seen them recommend using next-gen formats like WebP to improve your page speed. Here's, there's a big problem with WebP, however. It's that Apple, notably Safari, the browser on phone and desktop, doesn't support or recognize a WebP image, so they actually won't load and they'll be missing. Because of this, WordPress doesn't let you upload a WebP image directly to their media library. Now, if you want to improve your page speed scores and you want to load image, images faster, especially if you've got bigger images, WebPs are great because they compress like 25 to 35% and they're lossly, which means you don't lose as much of the definition of the image. You can use a plugin like ShortPixel, Imageify, or Optimal to serve a WebP version, but it will serve a ping or a JPEG as a fallback, for instance, on Safari, when the browser won't recognize it. Kinsta has a great article that takes you through all the advantages and disadvantages of each plugin. So if you want to check that out, I've linked to that in the show notes. Now next, after you've decided the format that you're going to need, you want to make sure that you're choosing the right image size. I see a lot of my clients personally struggle with knowing what size to upload and what size to make their image. Sometimes they upload a full size image of 4,000 pixels wide. Now the problem with that is it becomes so huge that generally a website will try to shrink it to fit and also it makes your website load a little slower when they're trying to load a full large image like that. So if you're replacing an image on a website, you want to find that image in the media library and double check the size. But if you're creating a new website and you don't have an image you're replacing, how do you know what size to make it? Now, this is just my personal benchmarks and you guys may have a different concept for this, but most desktop monitors won't be a lot larger than 2000 pixels wide. So depending on my market and depending on the website design, I tend to size images that I want to stretch across the full screen to be about 2000 pixels wide. Now, if I want the web, if I want the image to stretch across half the website screen, then I make it about a thousand. It's a good place to start. Helps you get the images down to something much more manageable for your website to load and shrink to fit. This is also great for responsiveness because while your phones are serving a much smaller image, you're not forcing the browser to load an images at 400 pixels wide that started at 4,000. Now this next step, this is really important for your SEO, for digital accessibility, and for optimizing your images. So when you're saving these images out, it's super important what you're naming these files. You don't want to just stick with the generic image 0135 or tcim-0138.jpg. You want to name that image file something descriptive of what is in the image and include dashes between separate words. Now, the file name is literally the first signal to Google of what your image includes, which is great for your SEO. After all, think about it this way. Google can't see your images. So it uses the file names to see them and serve the correct images up as search results. Now, when you name your images correctly, especially if you're using the WordPress media library, it also makes it super easy to create your alt text when you load those images into your website. And now for step four and the final step. So once your images are saved in the right format with a good file name structure and at the right size, you're ready to upload them. 
Now the first thing I do with that image, whether I write the code myself or I use a content management system like WordPress, is to decide on what the alt text should be. Alternative text is the alt tag. It's part of your image tag. It is meant to describe what is in the image and what it's about. For instance, if you're uploading an image that is a red Ford F-150, you'd want your file name to be red-ford-f150.jpg and your alt text to be red Ford F-150. Alt text is the second thing Google reads to know what is in your image. And it's a great way to get some appropriate keywords into your website and improve your on-page SEO. Now don't get tempted to keyword stuff these because they need to make sense. You don't want to add keywords just for the sake of it. And here's why. Just like Google can't see your image, alt text is super important for your accessibility. When you get a browser who is visiting your website using a screen reader, the screen reader will read what is in that image to your user from the alt text. So it will literally read the alt text and say this image is a picture of a red Ford F-150. Now, the worst thing you can do is not to have any alt text at all, but it's just as bad to not be descriptive with your alt text. Now, alt text really only applies if the image isn't decorative. So if it's a background image or a pattern, you don't necessarily need to have alt text. But if it has any kind of substance to it at all, you want to include alt text in every single one of your images by default. If you want to take this one step further, you can use image compression plugins like the ones we talked about earlier in your step one. Um, you can also serve your images lazily, so they lazy load, and it helps with your page speed there too. After all, images can be one of the first things that drags down how fast a website loads, and Google does care about your page speed when it's factoring in your on-page SEO results, so that's something to keep in mind. Now, if you don't use WordPress you don't, or you don't want to install another plugin, which I can completely understand, these four steps will improve your SEO, your user experience, and make your website far more inclusive, as well as making it load that much faster. Now, simple steps go a long way in optimizing your website for all of your visitors and making those images load much quicker. Now, if you want to make this even easier, go to my blog this week, which is linked in the show notes at becomeadigitalmaster.com and grab my free image optimization checklist. Thank you for tuning into our show this week. To catch more Digital Masters, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit us at digitalmasterspodcast.com. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about digital marketing, follow us on Instagram at digitalmasterspodcast or visit us online at becomeadigitalmaster.com. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week.